Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast amongst friends from around the country on a Monday night, drinking some beers, watching some sports, and chatting about the week. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by Bill Resser down in St. Petersburg, Florida. Todd Meininger up and coming, Georgia. Anthony Malafronte in Tampa, Florida. What is up, boys? We are almost done with August, Bill. Tomorrow, it's September 1. Wow. Um well, that's amazing. And I, 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 I'm just getting old because the time is flying by faster and faster and faster. And, uh, trying to think about what we did this weekend, played some golf, had a ton of rain yesterday on Sunday, but somehow it missed the golf course. One right. of those great, perfect setups you, where you keep pulling up your radar thinking like, there's no way this is going to miss us. And it goes around you. And yeah, we had the umbrellas came out on one hole for a little while. Um, but the course was a quagmire. I mean, it was soaking wet. Lift clean in place through the green. Um, it's tough, you know. And I, it's so hard for me to commit to the shot you're going to hit on a regular dry fairway when you know it's just going to explode into a muddy disaster underneath the ball. <laughs> I, I have enough trouble with a perfect lie on a dry day that it, it just. Uh, I'm a bogey golfer, Sean. I'm just a bogey golfer now. And uh, my number dropped to 25. Wow. And so, yay, that helped. So <laughs> my quota is uh, attainable now, it feels like, for whatever reason. I don't know. Yeah, Todd? Hey, hey, Picklehead. Todd, what's up? Well, I wish I was a bogey golfer. I dream of being a bogey golfer. Those are, those are <laughs> good scores. Um, yeah, good weekend. Uh, found myself again uh, not playing tennis and playing pickleball. Uh, played Saturday and even tonight. So good, good, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, watched a good amount of sports. It was just a real, one of those real laid back, um, refreshing, nice weekends. But when you woke up this morning, you're like, where did it go? Like <laughs> when I was in it, it seemed to take forever. When you wake up this morning, you wonder why, why it went by so quick. So no, no complaints. All's good. All's good. Thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Matt, what about you? Uh, played a little golf with Bill celebrated the beautiful Sophia's first birthday on, uh, on Saturday at Greg and Clarissa's new house. So that was awesome. Uh, she started walking right around her first birthday. Mm. And, uh, oh, perfect with all the boxes and everything in the house, right? <laughs> well, the, the house is still empty. They're still in their little rental until they get some floors put in. So oh, okay. this was a, uh, uh, a first birthday party was bring your own chairs. So everybody brought, uh, beach chairs and we sat around and had cake and uh, so Sophia had the run of the whole place. It was awesome. Uh, now, were they, did they pull floors out or are they putting something over existing floors? They're actually going to pull the floors that are there out and uh, and then put in all new floors. So is you, you, you got you to have them leave a signature underneath the floor. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. No question. Sign the floor or something underneath. Yeah. No question. Is our golf buddy Larry putting the floors in? He is. Yeah, nice. We, <laughs> Anthony knows everybody. Like we got a painter, a floor guy. They're all in. They're all in the league. Yeah, it's about building those relationships, right, Sean, buddy? Yeah. Got a guy, yep. right? Everybody, everybody's got, got a guy. Got a guy. And matter of fact, we're running out of guys here in Tampa. It's a uh, just mm. today alone. We're looking for a cabin, a guy who can build some simple cabinetry. Uh, electricians are two and three weeks backed up. Wow. Uh, wow. Finding a plumber these days is really hard. Yeah. No. Uh, are you guys, are you guys like fencing and anything with wood fencing and decks? Yeah. Possible right yep. now. The, the lumber yeah. industry is so far behind. Yeah. Yep. I just saw a chart. I saw a chart here in Tampa. Home prices are up about new home prices are up about 11% just because of the price of lumber. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Isn't, isn't Mojo Missy talking about that on Twitter a lot, Sean? She's talking about that lumber yeah. shortage. She really, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's how it's really affecting them in Indiana as well. So, yeah, it's, you know, one of my sellers was going to put our house, his house on the market last week. Uh, Big Mike Todd, I did my podcast with the other day. And um, uh, we got to push back because the window company can't get windows replaced for wow. like six weeks. And so wow. that's tough when you're trying to flip a house to sit on something yep. for six weeks and there's just no other place you can go, you know? I mean, um, so, yeah. Uh, well, guys, we, t- we talked a bit offline. I, I had an interesting weekend. I developed my, my c- a case of vertigo, third time I've had it, uh, which is a balance disorder uh, that affects your, your uh, sensations. And it feels like you're kind of dizzy nonstop. And you're 
the room spins and the floor spins and it's just not not fun i did try and golf both days this weekend if you remember u.s open at chambers bay when jordan spieth won jason day had a bad case of vertigo remember that uh, he kind of fell down on the 18th hole uh that was a very hilly course so it probably added to it so certainly was a challenge to you know you don't realize how much you move your head but when you're like lining up and looking at the flag and it's, it's, it's interesting but uh had a good weekend all together um you know, enjoyed the golf and, and, and let's talk about that guys. Let's, let's start with golf. Is that all right this week? Uh, because I was like to talk about championships one, um, couldn't have been more of a thrilling last hour and a half of that tournament than what we got. Um, my only regret is that I didn't think NBC gave enough time to the guys that were on the bubble or near the bubble, because I think that was part of the story. Uh, certainly Neiman and Rom and, DJ made it a great finish and Mackenzie Hughes, obviously we'll talk about that in just a second, but I would have liked to have seen more of the play at the end. You sort of saw Adam Scott sliding out of the tour championship, but you didn't really see a lot of the guys coming in, but uh, in a nutshell, guys, DJ makes the bomb on 18, the unlikely what 35 footer down the hill, double breaker to tie. And then Rom comes back and makes a 66 footer, with almost the same break, but he had to start it, you know, 40 feet to the side to get it to turn down DJ's line. Rom wins the event, the BMW. Now let's start with you. Uh, Olympia Fields coming off of TPC Boston, 30 under par to a, basically a, a, a U.S. Open Eve event. I mean, that was, that was a U.S. Open. Let's admit it. That was a U.S. Open tournament we just saw. How good was that to watch that type of golf and to see the cream rise to the top with the number one, number two players in the world. It, I enjoy the U.S. Open type play more than the 30 under type play. It's just more fun to watch. And then when you get putting like you had, that was really, that, that was really something. But driving accuracy, it matters for us. It matters for them. It's just at a different level. So for them to have to hit the ball 300 yards and still get the ball in the fairway and be penalized for being in the rough, for being in the sand traps, for being in the things that you're not supposed to, the places you're not supposed to be, that, that's, it brings the better golfers to the, to, the, to the top. The cream rises on courses like that. So it was enjoyable to watch. Bill, your thoughts? Um, Joaquin Neiman. What, what 100, 135 pounds dripping wet and just keeping up with all those big beefy dudes like Rom and DJ. Uh, that was fun. And 21 years old. Here's another, you know, budding superstar. We'll see where he ends up. That was super fun to watch. Um, wish he could have, you know, hung around a little deeper into it. But, uh, and, and look, you know, DJ, Mr. I saunter around like, Hey, what's going on, dude? Surf's up. Hey, um, he just never, um, Shows any lick of emotion, but damn if he didn't on uh, on eighteen yeah. when that putt went in a fist pump from yeah. DJ. I mean that that was equivalent uh, to Tiger's you know roar on eighteen at Tory in 08, You know when he yeah. when he tied him tied to mediate. So uh, very uh, very fun to watch and uh, and go ASU go Devils. I just want to point that out real quick. Todd, based on our text thread, you you watched all four rounds uh, parts of uh, and tuned in on on Sirius Radio and stuff like that. What what was your thoughts? on what you saw there in Chicago. So, Bill, um, <clears throat> like great minds think alike, right? Uh, stole my thunder a little. That's one thing I really noticed was the DJ, the stoic DJ. Um, I was glad uh, that he showed that emotion. Comparing the two putts, both amazing. I think DJ's was even more impressive because he had to have that one. Where Rom, amazing putt. Don't take anything away from it, but that was just, you know. It was literally just <laughs> It was a free roll, right? It was a free roll, right? So, um, so as far as the tournament goes, um, you know, weird back-to-back weeks. I I like the 30 under DJ, but this is a totally different, uh, type of tournament, right? So this is just as compelling in its own way. Um, overall, I thought it was great. Um, the amazing part was, um, Mark Leishman, um, went 30 over. DJ went 30 under last week and he still makes 
into Atlanta. Yeah. Like, how is that possible? Right. It's just so, yeah. so weird. I, I, I like it. I, I never really understood the playoff format. Um, I paid more attention to it this year and um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And these guys are into it. You can tell like Billy Horschel comes in 30. Um, I forget who the bubble boy was at 31. Uh, Adam, someone knows. Adam, uh, Adam Long. Long. Yeah. Adam Long. I mean, but yeah, just, just, you know, fun, fun, compelling. Um, I'm glad they put this together to kind of tie up the season um, like they do. Yeah. So a couple other storylines on the, on the BMW. Um, Rory came out after the second day and, you know, it seems like he's the, you know, he's, he even said it in his pre- post-game presser, he goes, something about this year, if you want somebody to shoot even par or like one or one under or one over, I'm your guy. Um, and he loved that course setup because he felt like par was, you know, a good number to be. We then come to learn over the weekend that Rory's having a baby in the next like week. Uh, like literally could be today, could be tomorrow. His wife is having a baby. Um, wasn't really public with it. Um, kind of makes a little sense that his game hasn't been exactly there. Um, and you know, he full on Mickelson and said, I'm good. You know, I don't care if I'm leading in the, on yep. Sunday, if I get the call, well, I'm gone. Um, yeah, so, you know, so for, I'm sure camp Rory is hoping it happens in the next couple of days. Uh, <laughs> you know, they get one extra day. It doesn't start the tour done. TC doesn't start until uh, Friday this week, um, which is fantastic. Um, so that that's an interesting story. We talk about the rub of the green a lot, you know, and, and Mal and Bill, we know how that works in the game. Um, within one hour, we saw Rom's ball hit the woods and bounce back. We saw Neiman hit the ball and bounce back into the fairway. And then on the playoff hole, we saw DJ pull it left. Granted, it came back quite a ways, but it still came back into the fairway. It's one thing for the tree to knock it down, but but two of those three it came back into the fairway. Mal, Mal knows all about that. He's kind of the expert on on plunking <laughs> trees and, and it coming back in play. Come on, Anthony, admit it. I've had a few. I've had a few. <laughs> we all have. It's, yeah, that's true. That's playing up golf, you hit it into the woods. Uh, they say they're mostly air, but you know you hit a lot of wood when you hit them in there. So <laughs> spit it out, right? That's what you're. That's your. Telling the that's exactly what you're thinking. Help me out here a little bit. Come on. Come so let, on. Let's, talk about, let, let's talk quickly about Mackenzie Hughes. He, <laughs> I think he double bogeyed 17, but they had the scoreboards out there that was showing the leaders, and then they would quickly flip to show the standings. And these guys knew what they needed to do. I mean, this is a last place this week in Atlanta. Last place in a no-cut event makes $400,000. Wow. So even if you're dead last, $400,000, it's really important. And it gets you and, into all four majors. Right. And it gets you into the Tournament of Champions at the beginning of the year in Hawaii. Yep. And it gets you into, I think, two other events. Like the Arnold WC, Palmer, the World Championship Palmer, events. Yeah, Arnold Palmer and WGC, yeah. World Golf Championships. I mean, it, it is life-changing for the guys that are the, you know, I'll call them no names with all due respect that they are in the top 30 on the PGA tour this week. Right. But, um, Mal, Bill, Todd, what to see Mackenzie Hughes, he pipes it down the fairway on 18 and the guys, Dan Hicks and the guys are like, wow, that's some stones knowing he needs to make par. And then and he, he, he stiffs it, fans it, fans it just <laughs> into the front bunker. Yeah. Leaves himself a not much green to work with. Did, did have the back slope behind the flag, but he kind of chunked it out a little bit, rolled it, you know, a couple feet past. He actually he hit a pretty good sand shot. Yeah, he, I thought it was too. It, yeah, it came he out hit kinda, a pretty good shot. Yeah. But to have a five and a half footer, and as he said, it was what do you say? It was sticky and greasy, or it was <laughs> yeah, um, greasy, slimy, slimy slicky. Uh, he had a whole thing yeah. in there. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, cheesy, cheesy. That's what it was. Yeah, cheesy. but when you saw how much break that putt had. Yeah. And it slid in kind of the right door, but you could just tell the relief he felt though. I mean, could you almost feel it when you were watching it? Oh yeah. That's it's a, it's nail biting time. You know, it's, it's so nerve wracking to just watch it, have nothing invested in it other than this guy's, you know, future, (laughs) but good for him. That was great. I mean, he pulled it off and um, it was so good to see. He knew, like you said, keeping those boards updated was great because he he knew it just there's like you said four hundred thousand. Leishman, by the way, got nineteen K for thirty over, Todd, to, wow. this week. 
Yeah. <laughs> and think about it. If he shoots 30 over next week. for a nice hotel, right? If he shoots exactly. 30 over next week, he's 400,000. 400,000, yeah, for 30 over. Yeah, that's cool. I can't believe you made it in. Like you'd think, you know, how's that possible? But yeah. yeah. So Todd, our guy, Billy Horschel, uh, squeaked in at yep. 30th. Um, so here's the setup for next week, guys. And I kind of love, you know, a couple of years ago, Todd, you used to say, I don't really understand the playoffs. A couple of years ago, it didn't make any sense because you could no. win the tour championship and not win the tour championship. Only the first five guys could win. It right. was like really weird. Yeah. Right. Did, but it was, still, yeah. it was still based on the, the top five, but then it based on the other 25 and how they finished. Right. So really figured out. Cause remember, remember the year that tiger won the, the, the event I think Rory won that year. Right? Rory, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, he's won twice. Rory's won yeah. twice. Yeah. And then Rory took it from Brooks last year. Um, so it makes a ton of sense now. DJ is in first place. He's going to start Friday at ten under par. Right. Rom, with his win, jumped over JT. He'll start at eight under par, and those two guys will be in the last group out on Thursday. Nice. nice. Um, JT and Webb Simpson. We'll start at seven under and six under, respectively. Colin Marikawa at five under. And then there's five guys at four under. Groups of five, five yeah. Three under, mm-hmm. five guys at two under, five guys at one under, and then the rest at even par. So it really is kind of neat that – because if you think about it, guys, after Thursday's round in Chicago, John Rahm was eight strokes back. Mm. And then he got a little better on Friday. Six back. Six back starting Saturday, I think, yeah. And then, and then had a 10-under weekend, 66-64. 66, yeah. uh, incredible round. Bill, you want to you talk a little, a little bit about the controversy of the penalty <laughs> shot? Get it off your chest. There's, there's no controversy, right? <laughs> there's no, it's pretty clear. Look, so um, we tend to do this a lot in sports. Like, yes, you know, do. wow, if that didn't happen, this, is what, this would be the result. And we just never know the emotions in sports and then the, the way things change. And just because one thing doesn't happen here, doesn't mean, I mean, everything's different. Mindset's different. Everything is different. Um, so I'm guilty of that. To, it's, it's, yeah. It's hard to have, we, yeah. we get guilty. It's hard for someone to say, Oh man, Ron would have lost by a shot. That would have sucked. You know, not, you just can't do that. You could have done it if it was the whole before. I get it. If it was the hole before that last hole, I'm in. But you something explain that happened, what happened, Bill? Something that happened 20 holes ago. Yeah, just uh, one of the greatest bonehead moves of all time. And you can see why he did it because they showed it so many times. But he fixes his ball mark and he takes his divot tool and drops it in his pocket. And I think for whatever reason, maybe there was just some sense of thought that he'd already put his marker down. And then he reaches down, picks up the ball, and the caddy instantly just goes, I, I'm sure there was a WTF in there. Yeah. He's How you like, doing? What are you doing? And Rom freezes and looks down. He didn't move, like, right? He, he, he like, didn't oh, move. No. He, what did his I feet do? didn't he move, and he kept pointing to the spot. Yeah, he's like, uh, I marked it with the my rules. foot. Doesn't that count? The, the rules guy came over, and he still hadn't moved his foot at all. Yeah, and I, who knows how long it took the rules guy to get there because they had to call for him probably. They don't show that in the replay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And so, you know, um, one-shot penalty, and you move on. Um, and, and I, like I said, that he made that six foot bogey putt. It was so important. There's every chance he misses the six foot par putt, assuming he leaves a six foot putt if he'd marked the ball, but we can't make that assumption, right? Mm-hmm. We don't even know. He could have easily three putted when he marked the ball. We don't know. We'll never know. That's the beauty. So um, I think the only, you know, Bill, Bill, you know, if, in a one, nothing baseball game, if there's an error in the first inning that causes the run, you can look back and say that error cost him the game right in a one nothing game but in the game of golf yeah. a bogey on the first hole counts just as much as a bogey on the last hole right yeah. and and yeah. The, the media loved us they'd love to jump on he knew that he needed to get that stroke back and blah 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 and, and as todd said earlier it was awesome for dj to make the putt you know i love the scene the, the juxtaposition of dj's enthusiasm and rom's you know looking up from the <laughs> yeah. that's why the it, practice range I, I get that they don't have a camera in the locker room showing adam long you know, slamming some beers, hoping he makes it. Um, but that would be something fun to watch just to see the, the anxiety and, uh, should be fun guys. It's a Friday through Monday tournament. So, you know, uh, it, it'll end on that extra bonus day, which is fantastic. Right. It just, uh, you know, and yep. the, the last six holes at, at 
Eastlake kind of by, by, by Monday will be holes, you know, right. They, they've yeah. made it so that it doesn't end on that par three anymore. It now ends on, they flip flop the nines, I believe. Right. Uh, Cause 18 used to be a par three uh, and it does not. end. remember when Furyk won in the rain, he turned his hat backwards. So the, the right. water wouldn't drip yeah. off his, his bill, uh, which was always pretty cool. So pretty awesome, uh, pretty awesome event. And uh, uh, we'll see what happens. Let's go to college football, Todd. We only have one game to talk about, but it's a game you and I both watched. It was the FCS, the football championship division, mighty Austin P versus mighty central Arkansas. And it was fun to watch. Wasn't it Todd? You're muted, Todd. Both winners of their respected divisions, right? Or or co-champs. So um, the quality was there. Yeah. I I loved it. It was, (laughs) I was uh, thrilled to death to watch. I even watched some, um, high school football, Sean. Uh, yeah. Is it Pinkerington? Pinkerington. Uh, Pinkerington North versus Pinkerington Central. Uh, yes. I watched a little of that on Sunday, right outside of Columbus. So, of course, thought of you. Um, no, good. I, I watched a lot of the game and uh, knew nothing about either team. Um, had a hunch to uh, just root for Central Arkansas. No no reason other than um, why not. And uh, they end up winning, I think, what, 24-17? Uh, a good, a nice little victory. So yeah, I was, I was happy. happy. Look, much like the Gators last year in week zero against Miami, the, those players knew that they had the spotlight on them. I thought the guys on the bench, the coaches did a great job with their masks. The fans were all seated, you know, seated, you know, apart. Um, that was a, that was a nice, a nice setup. Yeah. And when I was, um, when I was watching the part of the high school game, they say the refs have kind of a challenge because they have to wear their, the gators, I guess the, you know, the, the uh-huh. neck scarf and their whistle is in there. Right. So, um, <laughs> and, and I mean, so much of life is just, you know, uh, going by rote. They've done it so many times and uh, you know, these are got middle-aged men having to adjust, uh, how they call, how they call football games. I think right? the guys on ESPN said that the, the game in the central Arkansas refs, they had electronic whistles. They were hitting it like a buzzer, like in jeopardy versus blowing. Maybe but that's it. Probably, yeah. I'm sure. Probably like, Oh, that's right. It's in my hand. Right. They right. Just, right. Old like, habits, right. Old habits die hard. Yeah. yeah. They talk about amputees scratch their legs that haven't been there for 10 years, you know? Um, yeah. 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 So no, it's just, and again, I think, uh, I, I was proud of the way they did it. And, um, there's going to be hiccups along the way we've seen it in baseball. Um, hopefully not major, but um, we just got to take it kind of day to day and assess where we are and, and adjust accordingly. So I was happy that a, a game was was played successfully. There's a game on Thursday, um, and then Labor Day is Yale versus Navy. Navy on Labor Day. So um, hey, I'm I'm we're getting getting pink for the lack of better back and uh, it came out uh, this week. Nebraska eight players in Nebraska are suing the uh, Big Ten. Uh, whether that goes anywhere or not, it, it's good for these kids for, you know, we want to congratulate kids for standing up for other things. I think these kids want to play football and they're, it, it came out today. It hasn't come out officially, but, but so one of the more national writers, I, f- I forget who it was. Um, the big 10, it's been leaked that the three schools that voted to play, or I guess voted against not playing was Nebraska, Iowa and Ohio state. Mm. So whether that's true or not, um, that's that's the crux of what the Nebraska lawsuit is. They're trying to have the vote released because the Big Ten commissioner said the, the chancellors voted not to play. And I think it's going to turn out that there might not have been a vote and could be some egg on some leaders' faces if that's the case. And so I guess I just think there's players that want to play and we'll see what happens. And it's just – and again, we've talked about this before. Um, everyone feels differently about this. I don't think there's any right or wrong. Um, but it's just to me, and you guys chime in, it's weird that in Columbus, Ohio, they're playing high school football, but they're not going to play college football, right? It's yeah. just – Todd, Todd uh, I, I, admit, yeah. I, was, I was surprised because Rhonda said – she yelled downstairs the other day. She goes, hey, Arlington's on TV on Channel 13. And I'm like, our high school is playing football and literally – three miles from our stadium is the Ohio stadium. Uh, and there's no football there. So it is, yeah. it is weird, Todd. You're exactly right. And like we've talked about Iowa state is, will play, but not Iowa. Yeah. Two hours away, Iowa won't play. But I think we have to be, uh, cause <laughs> everyone's very opinionated, very sensitive. I think we have to be 
we have to walk on eggshells, um, right? Because people feel differently about it. But when you just put it into that focus, it just seems strange, right? Why, why are some doing it, some not? It's just, yep. I think we just have to get through, uh, get through this safely and people hopefully learn a, a great deal moving forward. Now, so. Bill, now the um, South Florida is in the Atlantic or the AAC, right? So they're yeah. in Cincinnati. Well, and, yeah, they are, AAC. And they're playing, correct? Yep, they're practicing. At the moment, they are. Yeah, yep. as of now, right? As of now. Yep. Knock on wood. Yep. So, all right, let's uh, let's hit on baseball. We we got hockey going on right now, so we're gonna we'll get to that in just a second. Let's talk baseball, Todd. Let's start in the National League for a change. Um, ATL, the Cubs and the Dodgers leading their three divisions respectively. ATL had a little busy week, didn't they? Um. Yes. They uh, <laughs> they they picked up a pitcher from. The Orioles, Bill, help me. Tim Malone, does that sound right? Um, Tom, I think you're right. I, I anyway, didn't know him. He started last night, and uh, the Braves put a 10 spot him, up for him, <laughs> put a 10 spot up in the second inning, and he didn't make it out of the third inning. So That's, that's rough. I feel for him because he's kind of new team thrown into a starting position. Um, but Braves fans were disappointed. No, no other moves at the 4 o'clock deadline. Um, the The – the GM said it's a, it was a um, seller's market, not a buyer's market. And he felt that um, they would have overpaid for, uh, you know, whatever was offered. So they decided to punt. And I think in life, we all agree that sometimes the best deals we make are the ones that we don't make. Right. So I'm hoping, knock on wood, that's true for the Braves. Well, Bill, let me put you on the spot. When was the last time the Padres were in the spotlight on trade deadline day and they weren't giving people away? They were actually getting the best pitcher on the Cleveland roster, Clevenger. Yeah, Clevenger. Those, those so back in like 2012 or 13 or 14, Preller, the, the GM, did make a run. They tried to do something, um, but it didn't work. But it's been 06, 14 years since they've been in the playoffs. So um, it, they, they look, they're, you know, they picked up Moreland. So they got a DH who's hitting 318 this year with some home runs. They picked up Clevenger, so another starter, which is what they really needed. Um, especially in a playoff situation, right? Because it's you need three starters, right? It's what you need. And so um, it's looking really good for the Padres to, to uh, they picked up to make it to the playoffs. Two days ago, right? Then they picked up uh, – They picked up a catch, two catchers. All right, so two they're catchers. trying to upgrade the catching staff. The and a, and a relief pitcher from, I believe oh, – yeah. Rosenthal. Yeah, right. A right. closer. Right. Yep. So they're, they're uh, in it to win it. Yeah. Good, good, good for the brown and yellow. Good. Like I said, is they got new batteries, Mal. They got new batteries. Ah, there you go. <laughs> is uh, is Clevenger a problem child or just had a little incident? He, well, he left the bubble that they had. And they he left the bubble. He's, off. You know, he's yeah. got the long hair and he's just a free spirit. And he's but he's a he's a great pitcher. And uh, he and Shane. So maybe Bieber, a change of scenery is yeah, just what he, he needs. Shane right? Bieber yeah. been. I mean, Bieber's. I think maybe leading the AL in strikeouts. Um, just pitching unbelievable. Uh, yeah. And so you got he'll he'll get along with Tatis and Machado. They'll have a good time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he's moving to San Diego, man. Not a not a bad uh, yeah, rough rough worst life. place to be. Not a bad yeah. trade, right? Um, yeah. In the AL, you got Tampa Bay, uh, the Cleveland, and the White Sox actually leading the Central, uh, mm. tied at the Central top, uh, surpassing Minnesota, who went on a little skid this week, and then Oakland uh, still leading the Astros. Mal, your Yankees are bumping along. I think go back, go back 35 games, and I think your your biggest fear was injuries. Right? <laughs> They're like a mash unit. I have it written down right here. And then they play the Mets and go on a little bit of a three-game winning streak. And at the moment, they're getting beat four to nothing by uh, by the Rays. Being no hit, being no hit, being no hit by Tyler Glass now at the moment. Yeah. Game one, Mal. They were down seven-two. Yeah, going into the Fucking seventh against the hapless, Mets. the yeah. hapless Mets, you know, that's yeah. just a nightmare. You guys all, and it was, a, yeah. it was a little as a, you know, as a Yankee fan, there was a little joy in watching Batances throw the wild pitch <laughs> to win the one game. And, <laughs> yeah, wild pitch walk uh, off. <laughs> I mean, I was like, you know, because he kind of shot off his mouth a little bit in the newspapers when the Yankees didn't give him what he wanted, and he went across town to the Mets and and spit up on his shoes uh, the first time he played him. <laughs> Uh, and then watching uh, uh, Urshela hit that and get that. He's a clutch player, man. I like him a lot. 
He's every he'll be there every day. Plays great defense. He's got a baseball IQ that's really good, and and he hits the clutch hitter. He's a good guy. But I tell you what, the Rays have their number. Mm. The Rays absolutely have their number. Uh, I don't know if it's a, different because the, uh, the just the way the setup is with the no fans and there's less noise in the stadium. But I really enjoyed. You know, I was watching you guys on our text thread talking about the Braves game, so I flipped it over, and I just kind of left it on in the background for like two hours. Didn't change the channel once. I really enjoyed the the sound, Bill, as you talk about the sound yeah. in the background. If and, you're not um, watching it, you can't tell there's not a f- crowd there. The I crowd noise is awesome. The way they had oh. Bryce, Harper, Bryce Harper had the thing in his ear, and he was just talking to these guys, literally standing out in the outfield, having a conversation with these guys in the booth. Uh, and they're not even in the booth. I think they're somewhere, like they're in... They're, they're at home. They're at home. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> It was just really neat. And then Todd, your manager for the for the uh, Braves, what's his name? Uh, Snicker. Yeah, just super super transparent interview. He's he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. he's you know he's I mean, awesome. Yeah, and Acuna was supposed to be mic'd up, but they pulled him in the first inning for he's having wrist problems. So he's yeah, having hamstring. Lineup yeah, they said it was his hamstring last night. Was it hamstring now? Okay, yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah. And he was, can, he was super transparent about that, Todd. He said, look, his hamstring was tight. He told me after the first inning, we figured we might as well just pull him out now. Uh, you know, easy to do when you're up 10, and all of a sudden it's 10-7. With the, mm-hmm. Literally, there was the, the tying run coming to the plate uh, in a 10-7 <laughs> game, and it was the fourth inning. It was very little league. Uh, uh, I, I watch this, this team um, almost as often as I can, almost every night. He – uh, huge shoes to fill, but he reminds me a lot of Bobby Cox, that same style, nice. that same style. We're just really forthright, a player's manager, but no nonsense. I mean, when, you know, Acuna watched that home run that turned in a long single, he, he pulled them, you know, it's, it's very Bobby Cox-esque, right? Where, yeah. you know, you play right, um, but, you know, you're also, he's also going to support his players and pitchers. So he's, yeah, I like him a lot. Hey. On another note here, to Garrett Cole, who hadn't lost a game in 28 starts, mm-hmm. is going to lose his second game in a row because he's leaving this game down for nothing. Yep. You know, so you might get a no decision, but uh, <laughs> he's struggling. It's only if the Yankees that's, score four runs <laughs> quickly. That, that's score five. against the Rays. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's got to give the Rays some confidence, right? Um, I think they're a confident young bunch right now. They're they're having fun. They're having a great time. And Cash is a great manager for that. He's just letting he is go. He's a good manager. Yeah, he's very much like what Todd just talked about. Yeah, he's got, yeah, yeah. He's got the he's got the team under control, and they respect him. And he uses everybody on the bench. No he kidding. uses all his pitchers. They have like seven pitchers on IR, and they still have a great pitching staff. They have seven pitchers out for the season with season-ending surgery. And another like eight <laughs> that yeah. that are on the IR. They're, yeah. they're you know Glass now or uh, Charlie Morton's coming back tomorrow. I think tomorrow or Wednesday. So he hasn't pitched since the first week. So they're getting him back. It's going to be great. So yeah, and I think I told you guys Chipper Jones game one said Rays were his pick to uh, That's to win cool. it all. That's so cool. good. And it surprised me. I didn't realize how good they were supposed to be. And again, I'm pretty laser focused on the Braves. It's, um, it's a lot of yeah. no names. Is there a big yeah. name on that? Ro- Seriously for a national, is there a national name on that starting lineup? Their one pitcher no. who's their, their ace is pretty um Charlie Morton. Well, yeah. He was with the Astros. Charlie. Yeah. Right. Oh, then, Blake Snell. Blake, Blake Snell, Snell won the Cy Young. Yeah. He, he did win the Cy Young, but, but I dare you to name uh, two offensive players yeah. on the Rays. <laughs> That said, I had to say that pitcher, who I can't remember his name, uh, you know, so that's uh, your witness, right? Your witness, counselor. Longoria's not there, right? Nope. No. Nope. No, it's Yandy, it's Yandy Diaz, and it's it's uh, G-Man Choi, and Kevin Kiermeyer is their you know, gold glove center fielder. So you know those guys because you've seen right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, but I can name well, some here, Nationals players, and I can name some. Here's their lineup. Here's their lineup tonight. Yeah. Randy Arizarina. Brandon Lowe. That's easy for you to say. Brandon Lowe. Brandon Lowe. Brandon Brandon Lowe, who's having a great year. Hunter Renfro. Okay, we know that name. Choi G. Mann, Willie Adams. Adamus. Wendell. Adamus. Adamus, right, yep. I bet you should put these on, huh? Uh, (laughs) Manuel Margot, Kevin Kiermaier. It's kind of like a big name. He's a big name right here because he's a good-looking dude. Yeah. And and Michael Perez. There's nobody. It's a, no, it's a no names, but they yeah. keep winning. 
So Hunter Renfro is a journeyman who's been around, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Susugo, the guy from Japan who's playing great. He, he's Su- platooning Su- in and Su- out. Go. So <laughs> exactly. I think the, the, the team that has the most games played has 35 games played. Uh, There's some teams that have played under 30 because of COVID and things like that. But So you, we're about 25 games left, right? We got the month yeah. of September. Yeah, regular on track. Games. And over the next few weeks, we're going to really start building to a crescendo. We're going to have the NBA and the NHL into their, into their conference finals. We're going to have – couple weeks out of college football we got pro football kind of around the corner soon yeah yeah, yeah. It's gonna be really neat this this month of september is gonna be fun you got the u.s open in a couple weeks uh, tennis u.s open going on right now tennis u.s open yeah. i'll get to that in just a second um let's talk let's go from tampa baseball to tampa hockey um right now in the nhl we are down to the semi-finals in the east and west stanley cup playoffs all all uh series are three to one right now New England, or I'm sorry, New York Islanders leading Philadelphia three to one. Tampa Bay leading Boston three to one. Chance to close out tonight. Right now, one to one, guys. Um, yes. Uh, in the West, you got Vegas three to one over Vancouver and Dallas three to one over uh, over the Avalanche from Colorado. So right now, you know, uh, hard to say, but Islanders looking good. They're feisty. Uh, mm. Taking to Philadelphia, they're they're a lower seed. Tampa, well, I tell you what, that third game was big, and then they they kind of, you know, I guess third games when they won seven to one, where they just yep, yep. everything was going in, and then you know big one the other night to get up to three one. Um, yeah, that 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 Tuka Rask uh, having to step away has made a huge difference, I think, in that in that series. So Mel, Mel, you're a Rangers, not an Islanders, right? Uh. I'm a Lightning fan now, but I did. I meant old school, yeah. yeah. B- back in the day, up in Connecticut, I was a big Ranger fan. Yep. Okay. But I tell you what, I watched the Islander game last night. They are playing great. Yeah, yeah. Without Tavares, I mean, they 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 really they, that first line is strong. They are playing really really well because uh, the Flyers are not a terrible team, and uh, the Islanders had their way with them last night. They really played exceptionally well. Yep. Well, you know, so. Pre-COVID, Tampa and Islanders are they? You know, any any blood there? Any? I know. I know not, this not really. Yeah, not really. Uh, Islanders haven't been relevant in a couple of years, right? Am they I, really haven't been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm interested to see what happens in Boston. You know, once again, we'll see what happens tonight. But Boston is one of those teams that you just can't until you're shaking hands with them in line. You you really um, can't put them away. Uh, out west, Vegas looking strong, and I'll tell you, Dallas is playing great. So yeah. we'll see what happens with that. I think Dallas Vegas is going to be a, a, a unbelievable series. Hmm. Let's go to the NBA, uh, where the first game of the semifinals kicked off tonight, and we still have two games left in the opening series. Uh, Milwaukee and Miami are playing right now. Todd, can you guys a, a score on that as we're recording this? It was Milwaukee yes, was up like fifteen early. Um. Yeah, Early in the second. Give me, give me 10 seconds. Okay. Um, Boston and Toronto, I believe, start tomorrow night. And then out west. 95-93 heat with uh, seven minutes left. Wow. So mm. close one. Yep. Uh, Milwaukee, the, the one seed. Miami, the four seed. Um, Lakers and Clippers have advanced. Lakers one and five. And the Clippers um, outlasted – Luka Doncic and the Mavericks in six. Denver and Utah going to game seven. Jamal Murray from, I believe he's a Notre Dame grad, right? Uh, 50 points last night for the Nuggets uh, in their win to force game seven. Uh, you guys know I'm not much of an NBA fan, but I'll probably tune in tomorrow night, 830. Game seven is always kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'll stay up, but just to see the energy with no fans in the arena, it'll be a little different to see how focused those guys are. It's kind of like the last five minutes of the all-star game. All of a sudden it's like, yep, yeah, we're going to play now. Uh, and then <laughs> what happening as soon as this uh, Miami game's over tonight, the Houston Rockets and Oklahoma city thunder right now, Houston's up three to two in that series. So they have a chance to close out, but OKC obviously playing for their life to force a game seven as well. So Lakers and Clippers, getting a chance to rest up a little bit in, in the bubble, uh, waiting for those two series to end. Any thoughts on NBA guys, what you're seeing? 
Uh, go LeBron. They keep you, they kind of, they keep getting better and better, uh, as, as the playoffs wear on. Cause they were just kind of nothing prior to the playoffs starting. They're looking yeah. good. They're looking good. And, but, but Kawhi is a killer, man. So that's going to be a great series. I, I really got it. You got it. We got to see Lakers Clippers in the West. It'd just be so much fun. Yeah. yeah, I'll raise my hand. I got a little sidetracked um, with baseball and hockey. There's only so many things you can focus on, <laughs> right? So it's just kind of like I, I'm I'm checking the box scores, but I haven't um, I haven't paid too much attention. But I'm glad you brought up Game Seven. That's always worthy of of at least yeah. tuning in and getting the getting the feel yeah, right on the on the back channel. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's Denver and, and Utah. So it's but Michael Conley with Utah, and you know, Denver's got some players, and you know, it's always just kind of that you know. Sometimes it's even better on a game seven where you don't really care who the teams are, just to no. see who steps up and have some fun. Kind of like Central Arkansas Austin P. It's kind of fun <laughs> to, to watch, right? Yeah. No, no, uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Don, I'll come back to you for soccer. Bill, U.S. Open kind of Ooh. quietly, quietly snuck up on us and uh, well, started today. It's going to be a quiet U.S. Open as well. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing the. Uh, I think they had the Zoom audience earlier. Cindy was telling me she's she's watching the other room right now. Uh, Joker's playing right now. Um, and they're saying that, um, that one of the things that a guy like a, a Djokovic or some of the top seeds rely on in tennis a lot is that crowd gets behind him, especially in New York, right? And his bo- they like their box too, right, Bill? They're yeah, their box. right. Yeah. So that's not going to happen. That's going to be different. So, you know, I don't know if it, it's going to say there's going to be more upsets. There's always, it seems to be, a, there's always a lot of upsets. But you got, you know, go, 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 a lot of players snub. A lot of players not playing, right? Roger's not there. Nadal's not there. Um, on the oh, women's Federer side, they've playing. got... He's not playing, Bill? No, Halep's not there. No, Federer's oh, out. Wow. He's hurt. Um, okay. Halep's not there. The other number two is not there. Uh, Serena's, you know, a f- like a three or four seed, believe it or not. A 39-year-old Serena. Still trying to get number 24. Um, this would be a weird number 24 if she wins this one. Sure. Hey, they're all playing. I mean... yeah. Those that decided to show up. I mean, it's a tough Rafa's, anyway, right? Rafa's not playing just because he didn't want to travel. It, it just it didn't feel safe making that trip mm. from Spain over for the Open. So um, not hurt or anything, just giving up a shot at it. So, yeah. so you ain't make Joker a heavy favorite probably for this uh, for this tournament. Murray's playing, right, Bill? Murray's playing. He is. He is. You know, but he's not. What he's got? He's got a. He's got a fake. He's got a fake hip. You know, yeah. it's just it's crazy. He can play at that level. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. Nice. That's what well, I got for the anyone on soccer. Sean, until the twelfth, not till the twelfth. Actually, believe it or not, a trophy was handed out this weekend. Uh, what? And I admittedly am, am kind of ignorant. It's called the Community Shield, and I don't know why or how they qualified, but Arsenal defeated Liverpool in penalty kicks. Wow! And uh, brought home a trophy. So. With Arteta, Arsenal's manager, that's their second trophy. Um, I forgot what they won last year. Maybe the FA Cup, um, something like that. So, Bill is correct. September 12th is opening weekend for the Premier League. It just seems like it ended yesterday um, because of the the delayed season. But, uh, yeah, I get excited. MLS is back. Um, There's big – I don't want to say controversy, but apparently – uh, Messi does not want to come back to Barcelona in La Liga, which is the Italian league. And so now the Italian league saying he needs to sit out a, a year. There will be no free transfer. Uh, Messi's kind of towards the back end of his career. So yeah, I mean, a lot's going on in soccer, but uh, EPL wise, September 12th, here we go. So get excited. Wow. Messi's going to come to Columbus. Well, yeah. you know what? Um, the most famous Spaniard to come to Columbus. <laughs> so, well, you, you say that, but the MLS is a really good uh, league for aging European stars, right? Um, yeah. A lot of them come over and kind of finish their career. Well, did, yeah, they, they, they kind of, I think they like it and use it. They, they ideally probably don't want to be there. I think they would, would rather be a league that's attracting young stars. Um, but as far as the U.S. men's national team, you, you kind of reminded me um, – there's a lot of our um, young national talent playing in Europe, which is, is important. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting the, the kid's name. Weston. Uh, anyway, one of the upcoming stars just signed with Juventus. Um, Pulisic is with uh, Chelsea. Um, so, again, we have now 10, 12 guys that are playing in Europe, where before we'd have two or three. 
And I think the quality over in Europe is better. And I think in the long run, it will just help hopefully the international team. Better uh, so for the World Cup. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of exciting. And the fact that we missed this World Cup is Kristen Pulisic in his prime is not playing in the World Cup. It's just heartbreaking, right? He's yeah. 20, you know, 22, 23, and we couldn't even qualify. It's, it's mm. awful. But anyway, move forward, right? All right. Any other sports out there, guys? Anything I missed? Sure. You're missing the greatest sporting event. The oh, that's right. Coming up on sports, oh, baby. Coming up on Saturday. Coming you know, up on Saturday. Uh, hyperbole, hyperbole alert. Hyperbole alert. The greatest alert. two ahead. minutes in sports. Yeah. And, uh, We're fanless, right? They decided to go fanless, yeah, I assume. Fanless. There'll they, be about twenty there'll be about twenty thousand people there. Okay. Is yeah, that I, changed? Has uh, yeah. that changed in the last week? Uh, uh it they they've decided to let owners their families, the connections from the various, there's 16 horses that are entered into it right now, into the Kentucky Derby. Okay, so, so that's not 20,000, that's 20. <laughs> that's like 20 people. No, it's <laughs> handlers, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah because you know, at first there was a lot of members. The, the city of Louisville was very disappointing. You know, they, during the World War One, World War Two, there's always been fans there. And right. it's it's really uh, disappointing to, to that city because it is – really the crown jewel of that, that city. It's just such a cool event. You know, our, our, our buddy, former uh, co-host Shay was at it last year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Now Mal, are the, are the horses that ran in Belmont, are they all back in the race? Is there only a couple? There's, I don't there's five or six. I think there's six of them that ran in the Belmont that are, that are running in this. There's four of them that ran in the Travers. Including the winner in the Belmont? The the winner of the Belmont and the Travers, Tis the Law, is the prohibited favorite in this race. Okay. So is this uh, the, the leg two of the Triple Crown now? Is this like will be next week? It is. But okay. normally, normally the order is the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby, Derby. The, Preakness, yeah. the Belmont, and then the Summer Derby is the Travers. Because of COVID, we had the Belmont first. The Travers ran at Saratoga at its normal time. And now you're going to have the Kentucky Derby in September and the Preakness three weeks later in uh, in Baltimore. Okay. Okay. So and normally good. there's 20 horses. This year there's only 16. Normally they have a full field, and they, they, they haven't gotten enough horses uh, to qualify because of the, the, the qualifying system. Uh, and then there's the horses just you – know, some of them haven't been able to travel from one track to another. Some tracks have been shut down. Um, so that it's a, it's a lesser field, but the horse is the law is a monster. He has run two terrific races. Okay. So I have a question now, um, being a, uh, just a outsider in the horse racing. Um, we, all, we all are Todd. No, not you, Mel, <laughs> not you. <laughs> you're, you're an expert. So traditionally it's so hard to win the triple crown. Because the Belmont, which is the last race, is tends to be longer, right? It's a mile and a half, correct. Right. So does that favor Tis the Law because he's already won the long race, or is it still wide open, still hard to win the Triple Crown? Interestingly, because they were running the Belmont at a different time of the year, and it was the first race, it was the first time ever that they actually shortened the length of the race from a mile and a half to a mile and an eighth. Ooh. Dang you, COVID. The, the, Travers, the Travers is a mile and a quarter, the same distance as the Kentucky Derby. Um, and that's a mile and a quarter. Um, so they, the Belmont was a little bit shorter. Tis the Law won very easily. Um, Tis the Law crushed the, the horses in the Travers at the same distance that uh, the Kentucky Derby will be on Sunday. On Saturday. So he's the heavy favorite, I'd imagine, right? He's the heavy favorite. But yeah. I'll give you one to, to watch. And now they haven't picked the uh, post positions yet. That'll happen. The draw for the post positions will be tomorrow. But there's a long shot called Art Collector. Just remember the name. <laughs> if he gets in the middle of the – anywhere between three and the eight or nine uh, – if you if you like to bet a few of the exotics, put Art Collector in it because he just he'll be running really hard at the end and he's going to be a big number. He's going to 
be a big number. And I, I've, I've started to handicap the race. There's a bunch of the lesser horses that don't have a chance. And there's the winner of the Tampa Bay Derby, King Guillermo. As good of a race as he ran in Tampa Bay, he doesn't have a chance in the Kentucky Derby, I don't think. I probably just like deemed him the winner. But I, I, I don't, I don't think he has a chance. He's getting a lot of money. Another horse that ran in Tampa, in Tampa, Sole Valente, is another horse that is getting a lot of money. I don't think he's got a chance. He was a huge bust in the Belmont, and this is a longer so, race. So, so I'm putting a hundred to show on Art Carney. Okay, good. Art Carney. Art Carney. <laughs> And that's, isn't that the horse you like, Art Carney? Art Collector. Oh, Art Collector. <laughs> that's Art Carney. All right. I see you did there, Bill. <laughs> well played. That was good. Well played. Now I got the mic. Tell us what you got come up this week. You had a big closing last week with your son. Congratulations to him. We did. We did. We have a uh, uh, business. Is, I want to say it's slowed down, but we are uh, we're feeling the crunch. Out. We're feeling the crunch of the inventory shortage yeah. in yes. a big way. Uh, Deals are much more challenging. Uh, uh, they're, they're much more hard to, to get together and keep together. Um, appraisals, at least here in the Tampa area, their appraisers are overworked and really far behind. Uh, so we have the domino effect of not getting an appraisal on time, not getting a loan on time, not getting the documents out on time, pushing closing dates out. So that's been a, a real challenge, just a chess match of keeping those things together. Yeah. So we're working hard to keep the five or six deals that we have coming up in the next couple of weeks together. Um, we have a couple of new listings coming on. Our boy Bill Council closed his, uh, his listing in St. Pete this week. And uh, he's got another one closing next week. And Eric, God bless him, is uh, – putting more numbers on the board then he's just doing a great job but uh so we'll be doing that uh hopefully hopefully it'll stop raining so we can dry this place out a little bit it's pretty wet at the moment yeah todd how about you bud so yeah um actually i guess exciting news uh wednesday we have a uh, manufacturing facility locally in atlanta um and you are bringing in a distributor to uh toward the facility. Um, and it's very COVID friendly. We're limiting the, the number. Everyone's going to be masked up and uh, follow all the protocol, but um, actually feels like um, a little, uh, you know, it feels like January, February before us went down where we did this all the time. So um, I always say, uh, hopefully we're taking little baby steps um, and everyone behaving, get, getting close to normal. So looking forward to that on Wednesday. Other than that, it's, um, business as usual or the new usual, um, trying to, uh, capture discretionary work, follow up on, on quotes that are out there. And, and, and now more than ever, and I'm sure you guys are the same way. Um, we as quote unquote salesmen have to be diligent, have to be, it's more important than ever to not let any opportunity go by. Right. So, um, we, we, we take for granted, I guess, when times are good, um, not now that times are challenging, um, we all have to be extra diligent and, uh, and make sure we don't let anything slip by. So, and, um, Sean, we used to talk about this all the time, but I just got to remind everyone, um, pick someone that you're close to, uh, reach out to them, call them. Um, just, just let them know, uh, j- just reach out to someone. Uh, it's, it's really important, um, that we all stay connected and we all take care of each other. Um, I think things are going in a positive place, but, uh, there's people that are suffering and being laid off um, from their jobs and, and we just all need to rally together and, and, and try to uh, get through this thing. Like, like we've been doing the last, gosh, what is it? Six months now, five, four, five, six months. Yeah, so our, anyway, six months. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So hey, Tom, other really than that, quick, looking forward to a good week. Really quick. Uh, you're, you're the only one on the call right now with kids in uh, high school. Um, Scott and Kate back to uh, back in, in person. Are they hybrid? What are they doing? Nope. They're, they, they both decided, um, in person, they wanted to go, uh, my daughter much more than my son. She, she's one of those who needs the, uh, the rhythm of, of, uh, the schedule and, um, seeing people and, and, um, the social aspect. Um, so far I'm knocking on wood so far, so good. Um, everyone's behaving. Um, 
everyone's masking up. She says it's about half and half, about half of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the, the half of the students have decided to do virtual and half are, are going in class. So, um, which actually probably works out to the school's liking that there's less people yeah. in the hallways and, and they can opt back in, in January. You're, it's a semester commitment. So if you decide you want to stay home and you know, you're going crazy, you can opt back in or vice versa. If you decided you're going to actually, if you opt out, you can do it at any time. Like if someone's uncomfortable, you can switch to virtual. You just can't come back until, Right. next semester. Right. So, but so far, knock on wood, everything's going great. Um, so it's a good sign. I think it's a real good sign. Um, too often we read the 1%. I don't want to say 1%. It's easy to read the bad news. Um, but I think there's a lot more good thing, good, good news stories going on and people are behaving. Um, so let's cross our fingers that it continues in that, in that direction. Good. Bill, you got another episode coming out tomorrow morning of the Real Estate Sessions, episode 253. Yeah, Mike Mike Lafito oh, from nice. the Marketing Luxury Group. A yeah, back-to-back so. interview. You did his show and he did your show. Correct. And uh, I did. he played college football and he is passionate about football and sports in general. Nice. It is a great opening 10 minutes because he is all about football. Um, it's going to be, you'll, you'll love it, Sean. You'll it. I'm in. In. Todd, you should listen I'm to in. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Northern Michigan Wildcats. Okay. Division wow. two. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so it's, it was a lot of fun. And then this week for next week, I'm interviewing Jackie Soto, Sean, you oh, know, Jackie. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, a single mom, you know, a Latina in, in, in LA in, out in the uh, new company. Uh, Inland Empire, a new company Jones, yeah. killing it. She's just doing some great stuff. So um, this is going to be exciting. I'll be talking to her. Really leverage the YPN wave and the woman up, the, the woman up session. She's, she got some mentorship from Deborah Trapin and some other people in that group to help her out. She's just doing amazing things. So talking to her uh, Wednesday for next week. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And by the way, we didn't mention this. So I'll just bring it up really quick in my, this little time frame. Um, listening today to the, the, the players of John Thompson talk about what he did for them and what yeah. kind of man he was, yeah. was, was pretty freaking impressive. And, and Anthony, you grew up probably a big East guy, you know, when, where you St. John's, I imagine. Was, yeah. I said St. John's and, uh, you know, just talking about UConn, those three. Big yeah. UConn fan. Yeah. Uh, and talking about those three, uh, you know, those three, you know, final fours, you know, that, uh, they, that uh, uh, Ewing took him to and, and how Thompson just kind of, just a lot of great stories from his 82, uh, 83, 84. Yeah. Yeah. How did we, Michael, how did we miss, how did we miss that? Shame on us. Well, right? we, we didn't talk college basketball. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The, but it's a big passing times, for sure. Yeah. And the times that we're in right now uh, with all these guys, especially the NBA players, all athletes in general stepping up. He had the, he was fearless 30 years ago. He yeah. was, uh, he, he, he was doing this way back then and stood he, up he, for, yeah. For young athletes, and I heard a story today about um, Allen Iverson. Allen mm-hmm. Iverson talked passionately about he was the only guy to give me a chance. Uh, he was a father Thanks. figure to all of those guys. Yep, yep. And 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 ninety seven percent graduation rate out of mm-hmm. Georgetown yep. with his players. He, That's awesome. He, he made and, it. And his... I will tell you. I'm sorry, Todd. No, no. Go ahead. Uh, I'll come back. Uh, we went to a lot of Big East tournaments back in the day from mm-hmm. New Haven. Uh, and Carnesecca, uh, Raleigh Massimino, uh, I heard Jim Beheim get all choked up on the radio today talking mm, about yep, that yep. Syracuse-Georgetown, I mean, rivalry, one of the best rivalries of you know, college basketball history. Now, now, Duke, North Carolina, probably the number one, but Calhoun, uh, what, right? yeah. Yeah. Calhoun th- these guys were, they were legendary coaches building yeah. a legendary thing at the time with Dave Gavitt and all the things that they did. and. You know, when 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 Thompson walked off the court at, at the game against BC, I believe it was in '89, protesting the fact that uh, I believe it was uh, Proposition 42, they weren't going to give they weren't giving maybe? scholarships to uh, academically ineligible freshmen. And he felt it was unfair, and and he believed that education was the most important thing. And as Bill talked about, ninety-seven percent of his players graduated. 
yeah. and giving those people like Allen Iverson a chance to get that kind of an education was important. He stood up at a time when no one else would do that stuff. Um, he, he made it his mission. Uh, and Mel, you and Bill both make excellent points. He made his mission to give kids a chance that normally would be passed over. And he did not have a lot of NBA players. Allen Iverson was the exception, but these kids that would normally be passed over, as you guys both mentioned, 97% graduation rate. So think about if, if he wasn't there, he would have never given these kids any opportunity. I mean, awesome, right? Just, just awesome. Uh, you hear, yeah. Did you hear his interview today, Anthony? First of all, you can, you can't understand him because he talks like yep. the cookie monster, grouch, grouch, <laughs> grouch. But he was in tears. He was breaking yep. up talking about Thompson. Yeah. Well, he told a story getting back to how important education was to Thompson. He told a story about how he, he missed a, the Kembe Mutombo missed the class because he had a toothache and yeah. it got back to Thompson and he, he was petri- the Mutombo was petrified that bad things were going to happen. And that tough love that John Thompson had for all his players in the time that he found out about it and the time that the Kembe Mutombo came to talk to him about it, he got a ticket, a plane ticket, for Dikembe Mutombo to go back to the Congo. A one-way <laughs> ticket. Yep. A one-way ticket, right? <laughs> That'll get his attention, huh? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, 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 but they all revered the guy. I mean, it's just it's, it's a, a, a huge loss. And at this, where we are right now, it's even a, a bigger thing. Uh, hey, Sean, can I throw uh, one other quick little shout-out that I completely forgot about yeah. that I was reminded here just a second ago? No, no. Uh, one of the other things I'm going to do this week is – I'm going to follow, follow the Georgia PGA Championship uh, very closely because at the moment, Dylan is uh, two under par after the first round. The nice. leader is four under par. Nice, uh, too bad. And uh, there's two more rounds tomorrow and, uh, and Wednesday, so I'll be following that as well. Where are they uh, playing, Mel? They're playing at, uh, sea, on Sea Island. Uh, okay. Yep. Sea Island Plantation. Uh, yep, yep, yep. And he had a he had a good round today, and he texted me just a little while ago. And he could, he says every now and then the Johnny Miller show up when he's putting, and uh, Johnny Miller didn't show up today. Uh, he, he, <laughs> he played pretty well, and uh, he's in contention. So we're going to be rooting for Dylan over the course of the next three days as well. We'll be tuning in, yeah, we'll be tuning in. Good, Bill. What is, Bill? Are you traveling at all? Or are you you getting down to? No, you know I uh, <clears throat> I have um, I would be in Orlando. Thursday and Friday. That's about it. Um, I've done my, you know, uh, not nothing else lined up. <laughs> you know, so we'll talk more about that next week. Sounds good. Hey, Bill, I'm glad you brought John Thompson. I, you know, it just didn't come up in our rotation of sports, but guys, I just pulled up um, the decade of the eighties. Listen to these coaches that led their teams to national championships. Denny Crum, Bobby Knight, Dean Smith, Jim Valvano, mm. Thompson, Rolly Massimino, Denny Crum again, Bobby Knight again, Larry Brown, Steve Fisher, Jerry Tarkanian. Wow. wow. And that was, ten, that was a 10-year run. Um, you know, you think about like the, 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 the Tark, John Thompson, and Guy Lewis with Houston wearing the towels over their sh- suit jackets. And Tark used to chew on his chew towel. On yeah. Right? During he those bad, games. He had a bad throat. He literally would suck on – like the water, right? Yeah. You know, Mal, you, I mean, you mentioned like the, the five guys in the Big East, right? You got, you know, you got Calhoun and you got uh, Bayheim and you got Thompson, and you got Carnesecca. Don't forget PJ Carlissimo. Oh, yeah. They were unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, I remember a Big East tournament because Louis Carnesecca always wore these crazy sweaters. Yeah. Pete Gillen. Mild, and, and John Thompson came out for yes. uh, one of their games. He looked like with, like, with, with the sweater, yeah. With yeah. a matching sweater. And uh, there's a guy that's six foot ten, this big African American man who is very omnipresent, and little itty bitty Louis Carnesecca with the same sweaters on. I mean, they were so the it's a terrible loss. So the eighty five Final Four had three Big East teams. It was Villanova, St. John's, Georgetown. I don't know who the fourth team was. You guys anyone remember? Uh Houston. Um, Houston. Was it Houston? Yep. That was the year Villanova won it all, right? Right. And yeah, in yeah. that game, in that game, Villanova had to shoot 90%. Right. Georgetown <laughs> played practically a perfect game, right? They played an A++ <laughs> game, 
and they got beat by a team that shot 90% from the field. Raleigh Massimino. Yeah. He, he said when they won, he was running around. Oh, no, it's Valvano. He was looking for some of the hug. Remember yeah. you right. hear that story? <laughs> so, guys, for me, I'll finish up the show. Uh, tomorrow I get to do a, another national webinar with the guys from Reminder Media. Bill, you need to have uh, Luke and Josh on your, on your podcast. They're fun guys. I was on with the Cards yeah. Corner with them live doing my Get in the Game uh, how to score big in real estate and have a ball doing it. It's a sports-related uh, concept, Mal, uh, that you'll enjoy. I, I basically take all the all the metaphors and analogies of sports and, and tie it into the, the competition of real estate. So that's at 2 o'clock. And then I'm kind of on my fall schedule, Bill. I, I Kevin and I, my brother, are going to play golf early on Wednesday mornings and late on Friday afternoons, and that's kind of our schedule heading into the fall. Uh, first tee time out on, on Wednesday mornings on the gray, and then we'll play Scarlet on Friday afternoons heading into the weekend. So nice. uh, should be, it should be a good time guys. It's fun. We got so much sports going on. We couldn't even fill in, fit it in an hour tonight. Uh, we think about this a month ago, we were coming up with ice creams and condiments. <laughs> <laughs> just to have conversations. Uh, con- that was condiments, right? Condiments. You said, you yes. said, yeah, that, sure. okay. that was my, uh, my topic. Yes. Yeah. So the, the uh, controversial always, condiments. Yes. Bacon is a condiment. Okay. Always good to talk to you guys on behalf of Mal and Todd and Bill. I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to the stare down.